and welcome to the Pets at Home Puppy Podcast. This is the first of two staycation specials. And in this episode, we will be concentrating on the preparations for your holiday with your puppy. I'm Kate Cornish, the editor of My VIP, Pets at Home's customer magazine. And we originally recorded this episode in the summer of 2020. So we wanted to refresh this information for you now that we're out of lockdown and the restrictions have eased. And I was joined by some fantastic guests. Firstly, Carleen Herman, who is head of pets at Pets at Home. Then we had Claire Gavin, who's Director of Creative Development and Innovation at Pets at Home. And also the lovely Claire North, who is the Director of North Canine Dog Training and also a dog behaviourist. Now, in some parts, the uh, sound quality is a little bit wobbly because, as I say, we were recording this from home. But don't worry, bear with, because it's absolutely packed with some amazing advice and top tips on staycationing with your puppy. So stay tuned. Kicking off, before you leave and on the road. So, Carleen, I'm going to come to you first. So, I'm assuming the first thing you need to do really is, um, even before you get your pup used to the car, what age do they have to be before they can go in the car? Do they have to be vaccinated? Do they have to have done things or socialised even before you get them in the car? What, what, what's, what's the most important thing you have to think about even before you open that car door? Well, I guess... Um... You know, your puppy doesn't have to be fully vaccinated for it to travel in the car. I'm, I'm assuming most people will have gone and picked their puppy up in the car. Yeah. Um, so it won't be fully vaccinated yet. And obviously you won't have had a chance or probably the breeder won't have had a chance to get the puppy used to the car. But first thing, really, if you're planning to travel with your puppy is to get them used to the car and experience um, various lengths of car journeys. So that's a really important part of um, socialization training. And it's it's really important that you introduce them gradually to being in the car, even going all the way back from starting, just sitting in the car, even without the engine on. Um, making sure they're comfortable with that, um, making sure you strap them in like they would be traveling, you know, oh, if you were to go right. somewhere. Yeah, because I was going to say, you don't, you're not just going to sort of put them in the car and let them jump around and get used to it. They need to know that this is a place where I've got this strap on me and I don't, I don't jump around and play. This is what Absolutely. Happens. You know, make sure you, you know how they're going to be traveling in your car before you start the sort of socialization process with the car. Next step would be obviously to switch the engine on. But again, you can just stay on your drive, not really go anywhere. And then slowly um, move on to short journeys, um, even just to the end of the road and back, making sure it's always a positive experience, giving lots of praise lots of rewards at any point if your puppy looks uncomfortable or nervous or gets sick take a step back you know maybe give it a couple of days break and 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 continue the process after um until they're completely comfortable and um assuming everything goes well you'll be able to slowly increase the length of your trips and like i said just lots of praise and reward um obviously be careful with treats make sure they don't make your puppy sick but yeah. all of these things just help um to to reinforce car journeys as being a, a positive experience and make sure your puppy behaves okay so yeah as with everything with puppies it's baby steps you um touched briefly there on car sickness in puppies i'm assuming that it's something that they'll grow out of but what what can you do is there anything you can do to prevent 
your puppy being sick in the car? Yeah, I mean, not dissimilar to, I guess, children getting car sick more easily than adults, you mm. know, with, with people. Um, same goes with, with puppies and dogs. So puppies are more likely to to become car sick than adult dogs. And like you say, most of them will grow out of it. What we've just covered, you know, making sure they've had a chance to to getting used to the car gradually is important. Mm. Other things to, to do is um, making sure you've walked your puppy before setting off. And if you're worried about um, car sickness, hold off feeding two to three hours before traveling. So don't feed them a big meal just before going on a, on a big journey. Another thing that could help is making sure um, your puppy's facing forwards and even has a chance to look out the window. That obviously depends on on where your puppy travels in the car and how, how you've secured them. Some people also talk about cracking the windows open a little to help balance the um, outside air pressure with the air pressure inside the car. So that could help. And of course, you know, a bit like with us as well, making sure the car is cool and well ventilated, yeah. you're more, much more likely to to feel sick in a hot and stuffy car. The other thing is, obviously, I've said it's good to face forwards um, or even look out the window. But actually, some dogs prefer the footwell or boot because they've got sort of a solid surface to to sit on or lie on. It's quite comfortable. And so when you're going around corners, it's just a bit more stable, um, yeah. possibly, than being on, on, a, on a seat. It really depends a bit on, on, on your own puppy and what they prefer as well. So let's bring in Claire Gavin here. Hi, Claire. Hi there, Kate. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And thank you very much for joining us. So let's kick off, Claire, with before you leave. What, what, what have you got to pack before you even consider getting your puppy in the car? Well, I think it's really important to work out um, what your plan is when you when you get to your destination. So it's important to work out where a local vet would be, just so you're prepared. Um, I'm sure you won't you won't need to use them, but just in case. Obviously, your your puppy needs to be microchipped and it needs to be wearing a collar and tag at all times. And I'd recommend that you take along your puppy's medical records to show its vaccination status and also a copy of your pet insurance. And then I guess it depends whether your puppy is going to be traveling on the back seat of your car or whether um, it's preferable and safer for the puppy to be in the boot. Um, certainly with my puppy, she has um, a soft crate um, with a padded crate liner um, in the boot, which is secured. Um, she has a toy in there that just distracts her and keeps her busy rather than focusing on the journey. And I'm so lucky. She's so good in the car. I don't hear a peep from her. Um so a distracting toy is a great idea. And sometimes I put a blanket in um, just so that she has something that smells of home. Certainly when I brought her back from the breeder, I also took um, a towel from her mum. So um, if you're taking a new puppy on a journey, it's a good idea to take that blanket as well or anything that smells of the mum. Obviously, I'm lucky because I've got quite a small puppy, but not everyone's puppy is small and they get very heavy very quickly. Mm. Um, so being able to pick them up and get them into the boot, if that's where they're going to travel, can be really helpful to have things like a ramp um, or steps that you can actually connect. And also a boot liner that has a flap that you can push down over the back of the car. Um, that protects you when you're standing near to the car, but also means that the car's not scratched if you're... Um, if you're lifting your, your puppy up and, yeah. and um, its feet get um, caught. 
Yeah, and also it's a good shout if you do have a large breed puppy, you don't want to put your back out before you've even um, started. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, lots of people um, have their, their puppy sat on the back seat, which is totally fine. Mm. Um, if you're doing that, I would recommend that you um, purchase a, a car hammock that protects your back seats and actually the um, area between the two front seats so your dog couldn't um, risk going between the seats so that's the thing um it's like a, it is literally like a hammock it it, it, it is clips onto the back headdress of the back that's seat right and the headdress of the front seat so you've got a complete yeah, hammock that yeah that completely seals the back seat in and stops him jumping through the front exactly. seat the other thing that you can do is um, pop a plug-in diffuser into your air vents. That's just um, a pheromone, gives off a pheromone that is quite calming to puppies. I certainly use one in the house. Many people do. And then the other thing that I would suggest is a really great thing. And you really, you know, your your dog should always have, have access to um, fresh water. But mm. obviously that's that can be tricky when you're driving and, um, you know, the car is is not stationary so you can get various bowls that keep water within them but i would recommend regular stops and something like our three peaks uh, travel water bottle um, it has a silicone uh, leaf shaped uh, holder for the water uh, it's absolutely brilliant i would recommend that highly there's also um, collapsible food bowls that you can use that actually are really easy to put away um, i've said about wet wipes for sure um, but kitchen towel as well to clean out those bowls. Poop mm. bags. Well, you can't go anywhere without poop bags, can okay. you? Okay, so some great tips there from Claire. And Claire, I, I, I assume that your essential kit to pack is going to differ uh, depending on the season? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we're coming into winter now, aren't we? Um, your, your dog's coat you know, if it's got a snowsuit to keep it all snug and dry and warm, it's a good idea um, because sometimes cleaning your dog when you're not, you've not got access to your normal washing machine with all the towels you're going to use is, mm -hmm. is difficult. So keeping them clean is a good idea. A training leash is a good idea. If you're going somewhere unfamiliar, you might be a little bit scared to let your puppy off the lead. So a very long uh, training leash will just give the puppy freedom, but actually give you the control um, that you're you're still joined to your puppy. Um, yeah. In these darker nights, probably a flashing collar or a flashing tag um, so that you can see your puppy and your puppy can be seen by others. And things like tie-out cables are a really great idea regardless of the season. And you could take a harness that has a backpack so that the dog can, your puppy can carry its own poop bags, for example. If maybe it's summer, obviously you need to protect your dog from any risk of heat stroke or overheating. So something like um, a puppy tent um, is a great idea. Again, I'd recommend a training leash if you're on the beach. It's a great idea to um, just be in control, but allow the puppy enough freedom. Um you probably would be well advised to take a cooling mat or a cooling bandana or a cooling coat. The mat probably is the most universal universal and the easiest to use wherever you are. And you obviously want to make sure that if your dog is particularly light in colour or it's particularly um, got sensitive skin or skin that's exposed or a lighter nose, then some sun protection is a really great idea. And also worth mentioning... Um, 
life vests are a great idea. In the main, dogs dogs don't necessarily know how to swim. Some take to it more easily than others. But if they are going to go in the water, um, a life vest with a, a chin razor is a really great piece of kit to have. So why do we need to restrain our pets in our car? Well, it is a requirement of the highway code, Kate. I mean, really, dogs can be a huge distraction um, and, you know, at worst, they can cause crashes. But equally, you know, if there is a crash or say you have to stamp on the brake for some unbeknown reason and there's no restraint for your pet, um, it could lead to horrific injuries uh, as a dog may be thrown off a seat or worse. So, you know, we all have to legally wear seatbelts. So why shouldn't our dogs be as safe as we are? So what type of products are available then at Pets at Home? Well, we have a number of of products. We have a number of um, seatbelt clips that clip to a harness, Uh, never a collar because that would be endangering the dog's neck. Um, And we have harnesses themselves that actually can uh, click right into uh, the seatbelt. We obviously have seat covers that are not too slippy and stay in place so that the dog has some stability. Okay, so I know this because we've talked about this on other episodes of the podcast, Claire, but I know uh, for a fact that pets at home always go that extra mile. And um, do you want to talk us through the extra uh, stringent testing that you do uh, that isn't a legal requirement, I believe, but you uh, pets at home go ahead and do it anyway. Yeah, absolutely. We we do extra tests above and beyond the market on all of the products that we sell and that have our name on them. And we expect our suppliers to uh, show certification that they've done the same thing. For example, all of our leads have a very specific uh, safety uh, catch on them, which is different maybe to the wider markets. Things like all of our collars have soldered D-rings. So it is always a good idea to be purchasing collars and leads from a really reputable pet company. And I think personally, pets at home do the best job. Okay. Well, as I say, you always go the extra mile and that sounds brilliant. What if your dog is a little bit more lively than usual? What would be the best restraint for a more uh, excitable, shall we say, puppy or dog? Uh, Which is best, a harness or a seatbelt in those situations? Personally, I'd use a harness every time and I would recommend that for any dog, whether it's a a quiet, shy and retiring dog or one that is more lively. They just are held in a more secure way. They can still move around, you know, sit up and lie down, but they can't walk around the car. Do you know what? This this Three Peaks Crash Tested Harness is absolutely brilliant, not least because it keeps your dog safe in the car. But when you get to your destination, it actually, you unclip the seatbelt and it becomes your walking harness. So it's a great investment, multi-purpose. It's padded and cushioned, so the dog is comfortable in it. It's got a broad breastplate, so it doesn't put any pressure on their neck. Uh, the, the, the pressure is evenly distributed. It's made from a breathable fabric and it's got reflective detailing on it. So your dog will be visible whatever time of the day. So really multifunctional. I think it's a it's a great product, comfortable for them, safe, secure and visibility guaranteed. I think it's also worth saying that seatbelt clips are equally great. So a seatbelt clip essentially clips to a harness and there are a number of clips that go into the seatbelt socket. So 
it's a universal seatbelt clip that works with any vehicle. So remember, if you're looking for some travel kit for your dog, we can help you choose the right car safety belts and harnesses for your pet. So when you go in store, just ask a member of the in-store team for advice. So Claire North, have you got anything um, to add to that about getting your puppy used to the car? You got any uh, insider tips? Yeah, so I think the, the main thing really about getting puppies used to the car is making it a space that they like, that they enjoy to be in. Um, we've got to think about how they get in and out the car. That's a big thing. So yeah. um, particularly larger breed dogs that want them jumping. So we want to be lifting. Um, if they are a very large breed and you can't lift, so if you've got something like a Newfoundland, probably by the time it's a few months old, you potentially can't lift it. So They are the size of a calf, aren't they? They are massive. Yeah. <laughs> so we're kind of looking at like perhaps the ramps, things like that, and teaching them those. Um, but yeah, comfortable in and out the car and, and and it being a nice space, a safe space, happy place, that kind of thing. Um, I know 100% my three dogs, my goodness, you know, they're out the door and in the vehicle. They can't wait. They love it. And, and a large part of that is that we generally are going somewhere nice and something fun. Right. Okay. So they, you, you've got to associate that that journey with um, a fun, nice thing. So you don't want to be shouting at your puppy if he doesn't want to get in the car because they're going to associate it with bad vibes, horrible experience. So it's always got to be fun, 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 happy, happy, happy when it comes to the car. Yeah, car is nice. So, you know, um, like we said earlier, opening the car up on the driveway just at home, letting puppy explore, letting him sniff around, letting him climb in and out or helping him to climb in and out. Mm. Um, if you've if you've got a dog who's particularly worried, what I might do with that puppy is I might sit them in there and give them their dinner in there and just sit with them, and then I lift them back out and we go in. So you're conditioning it again um, is a nice place to be. And you just keep repeating that until until he's fine to just get in the car and and be strapped in and you're away. Yeah, I think so. I think it depends partially on the amount of traveling, I guess, that you plan on doing. So, for example, myself, I do a lot of travel with my dogs. We travel yeah. every single day somewhere as part of my work. So yeah. it's very important to me that they that they enjoy being in the vehicle. If you're only going to go a couple of times a week, it's probably even more important, though, to condition them to it being nice and get them through that little bit of car sickness that they might have and things like that. I know that you've got probably, uh, I don't know, this is not very on brand because um, I don't think Pets at Home sells what you use as your um, special <laughs> magic trick. But what do you give puppies that are, are being stuck in the car? <laughs> um, so I give them ginger biscuits. Oh, right, like ginger nuts <laughs> in small quantities. So, or ginger itself. Yeah, like the, they'll struggle to eat actual ginger because they don't really like the taste. But if you smash up a ginger biscuit and give them a few little pieces before, like twenty minutes, half an hour before you travel, it seems to settle their tummy. I've used this really successfully in ever such a lot of dogs. Um, yeah, it seems to work. So I don't know. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so um, they have got a lot of sugar in them, so just little bits here and there, not clearly not like a whole biscuit every other sort of 20 minutes or so, clearly. Not like me, that's what I do, that's how I eat ginger biscuits, but ju just a little sort of tiny little pieces <laughs> here and there. Yeah, just tiny little bits. I mean, I suppose, like I say, if you can get the puppy to eat wee bits of ginger, but uh, they generally don't, but the biscuit, I suppose, because of the other stuff that's in there, they seem to like. You've been listening to the first of two staycation specials of the Pets at Home Puppy Podcast with me, Kate Cornish. 
thank you to my guests, Carleen Herman, Claire Gavin and Claire North. And for more expert advice, you can visit vetsforpets.com and the pet talk section of petsathome.com. There's even more advice over on the Wagging Tail Facebook group. It's created by Pets at Home with puppies and their parents in mind. And you'll be able to surround yourself with like-minded owners who understand your struggles and celebrate your breakthroughs. Plus... The puppy picture spam is a treat to behold. And also don't forget to join the free puppy club where you can receive tailored offers and discounts. And the puppy club is available through the Pets at Home app. Please do get in touch with us on the socials. We are at Pets at Home UK on Instagram. And on Twitter, for some reason it's different. On Twitter, it is at Pets at Home. Final thing, don't forget to like us and subscribe to the podcast. Five star reviews only, please. And also share the word with your friends and family who are thinking about or have just purchased a little furry friend themselves. Thank you so much for listening and listen out for episode two of the Staycation Specials. And if you want to get in touch with us, we have got an email address as well, which is poppypodcast at petsathome.co.uk. So once again, thank you and listen out for episode two of our Staycation Specials. Bon voyage!